This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm just being honest, man. It's, I'm sick of losing. I'm sick. It's, it's point grade, period. I'm sick of losing. It pisses me off every time. It is what it is, man. I don't. This is just not. I'm not a loser. And now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Before we get into it, I want to encourage you guys to sign up for Statement Games. Dot com. We're going to share the link uh, on my Twitter, on Play Like a Jets Twitter, on this podcast, on the website, and uh, throughout some of our articles. But basically what it is, is it's set up a lot like Daily Fantasy. We are going to pick 10 different statements that are going to happen in the upcoming Jets-Bills game. They could be things like Sam Darnold's going to throw for over 200 yards, and Josh Allen's going to run for under 50 yards. And you're going to rank them in order of likelihood to happen. Uh, we're going to set up a contest with everyone at Turn on the Jets. Uh, you can participate against us, and if you win, uh, you will win uh, the opportunity to win a lot of variety of great prizes from our friends at Statement Games. So go through, check out the site, check what they have available We'll pass that link around so you guys have a chance to sign up and compete. Again, that's statementgames.com. Look out for that link on my Twitter and on our Facebook and on the Turn on the Jets IG. We'll share that around and be promoting it over the last month of the season for the Jets' final four games. It's really intuitive. You'll pick up how to play it. It works a lot like Daily Fantasy, except instead of being built around players, it's built around actual statements about what's going to happen in the upcoming game. This week, we're joined by Dal Benisario, who we usually... Havon has our victory cigar after Jets wins, but we just couldn't wait any longer to bring him back on since they haven't won in about 18 months. So, Dalbin, thank you for joining us. It does feel like the longest winner ever waiting for the Jets to win another game. When you asked me to come back on, I swore that I had imagined that they had won some meaningless game on a Sunday against the Titans to take them out of draft position. But here we are, still sitting pretty, number third pick in the draft. It's almost draft season. It's good to be back. The Jets did actually almost beat the Titans. They built out a quick 16 to nothing lead, but us fans who have been watching them through this Mike McCagnan, Todd Balls era knew that this game was not over until it was over, and sure enough, in the second half, they allowed 20 points, they settled for about 18,000 field goals, and they ended up losing on a last-second touchdown by Corey Davis. I don't think this loss particularly bothered Jet fans all that much, as Josh McCown was the starter when apparently Sam Darnold was healthy enough to play. There's always been something a little fishy about this injury, so we're going to use today's podcast to focus on the return of Sam Darnold and what the hell has been going on around this injury and this quarterback situation. This is going to be pretty Darnold-focused. We're going to have the next few weeks to talk bigger organizational stuff, so let's rewind here. Miami game happens. After that game, we randomly find out, when he apparently left the field healthy and finished the entire game, that he is in a walking boot. Uh, all of a sudden, now he is out for the Buffalo game at home. Then he's out again, even after the bye week for the New England game. Then it comes out that Sunday that he's probably going to be out for the Titans game, too, before he even really practiced, so it felt like it was predetermined. Donald publicly says he feels fine. Uh, there's reports leaking out that he showed in pregame warm-ups he was capable of playing. It was just a Todd Bowles decision to play Josh McCown. Now, there's all types of conspiracy theories abound. Todd Bowles is dumb enough to believe he has a better chance to win games with Josh McCown, which has been proven inaccurate. Todd Bowles is being told he cannot play Sam Darnold with this current situation. 
Sam Darnold is actually hurt, which I'm pretty sure he could have played last week. I'm not sure what it is. Which one do you think it is, Dalton? Well, aside from Sam Darnold has been abducted above New Me- above Roswell, New Mexico, and the person on the sideline is not really Sam Darnold, uh, or it's a scroll in honor of the Captain Marvel trailer dropping. Um, I it's interesting because a lot of Jet fans, when the injury report first came out the, a couple weeks ago, like in the time that you laid out, said that oh they think that it's it's fake that he's not really injured that Bowles is just trying to save his job and. I don't buy that at all. I really don't. I think that Todd Bowles signed off on the trade up for, for Sam Darnold, signed off on the trade of Teddy Bridgewater, signed off on playing Sam Darnold up until this point where he did get hurt, and we saw and we saw his ankle get rolled up. And again, sometimes, you know, you know this as a, as a former athlete, you'll walk off the field and you'll feel fine, and the next day you wake up with a couple bruises, et cetera, et cetera. I, I do not think that this is Bowles trying to – save his job by winning some games with McCown. I think what it is is that I think he's been told by Mike McCagnan to not play Sam Darnold until he's 100%, um, which again speaks to a larger issue organizationally, if we're being perfectly frank, uh, and it reeks of John Idzik telling Rex Ryan which quarterback to play, and you know that was the beginning of the end for them as well, and so I, I just, I don't, I don't Todd Bowles does not strike me as a stupid man. He strikes me as a bad coach, but he doesn't strike me as a stupid man. And therefore, I don't think that he thinks that he can save his job by playing McCown. I think that he's being told to not play Sam Darnold, and I think it's a joke. So, if he's being told not to play Sam Darnold, when Darnold's even healthy, why is it smarter Mm -hmm. to bring Darnold back on the road against Buffalo than it is on the road against Tennessee? Buffalo has a better defense than Tennessee. Mm -hmm. They're both road games. You want them to get as much experience as possible. Uh, Where does that logic come from and that timing come from? I mean, I get it if he misses one game and he's not 100%. You give him the bye Mm -hmm. week to get healthy. But beyond that, what is with the timing between Tennessee and Buffalo? Is there a big difference? I don't see a big difference. I see the Buffalo defense as being just as challenging, if not more challenging, than Tennessee. I think Buffalo on on paper and this year their defense is absolutely more challenging. And you have a you have a guy in, in McDermott who's a who's who's a better defensive coach than Mike Rabel. With that said, though, there is there is something, and we've talked about this about Mike McCagnan always getting a pass right from the media. And I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. They were like, "Well, why would McCag- wouldn't McCagnan look better if Sam Darnold played? Not if Sam Darnold plays bad." Because then the spotlight is then shown more on McCagnan as like, look, this is the guy that you traded up for. There is something, though, and again, the odds of Sam Darnold not outplaying Josh Allen are... I have I, I leaned more towards Darnold outplaying Josh Allen, and I think there is something to be said for Sam Darnold being the be- the better rookie quarterback on the field on Sunday. That will make that will make McCagnan's decision to trade up for him in a lost season look better than it does right now. That's the only logic that I have. Um, the other thing, I mean, again, it could be it could be it could be we said it could be that Bowles was told that listen, if you finish strong, there's a chance that you can save your job, and he decided to go with McCown. And it is interesting, though, because the offense, the play calling in particular, has been a bit more creative and a bit more aggressive with Josh McCown under center than with Sam Darnold, and that to me is insane. But again, I it's, it's time is a flat circle, Joe. I feel like it's 2014 all over again. Yeah, with this GM and head coach divide and the debates over the quarterback situation, it's just really devolved into a mess. And I think it's what's frustrating is that Darnold's in a situation where he thinks he's healthy enough to play. He wants to get out there and play and he's being told he can't. And it's, it's just, it reeks of a mess, which is why 
you want an entire house clean and why you should not be shy about doing a half measure and putting yourself in a situation where you have a head coach and a GM on a different timeline or you limit your pools of head coaches because certain head coaches don't want to retroactively be stuck with a GM who's 23 and 39 over the last four years and hasn't drafted any all-pro players. They're going to say, why am I reporting to this guy? Uh, what credibility does he have more so than I do, uh, depending mm-hmm. on what candidate that you're looking at? And speaking of one candidate, I don't think LaFleur uh, acquitted himself all that well in that Titans game, but that could be a conversation for a different day. So with Darnold coming back now, what are your hopes to see from him for these final four games? I tend to think that the last thing we saw from him was this Miami game. So that's the last thing in everybody's mind. So everyone thinks he was playing worse than he actually was. Through the first mm-hmm. six games, he played well, holistically overall. Some ups and downs. Uh, the Bears game was not as bad as it could have been, considering the supporting cast and the situation. Vikings game, really not great. And the Dolphins game was a train wreck uh, for a variety of reasons. But he did legitimately play bad that day. What level of play, based on some of the games we saw early in the year, are you expecting from him and hoping to see over this final month? Well, one, I will say that before I answer that, I think it's insanely laughable that we're now looking towards the end of the like the last four games to, to essentially say, okay, look, this kid absolutely has turned the corner because that's what that's what led many Jet fans to hitch their wagon to Geno Smith was the fact that the last four games of his rookie season were actually really strong. With that said, I think that with Sam in particular, he I mean, like every rookie in the league this year, he's had ups and downs, right? Like we've seen Baker Mayfield had great games and then threw three interceptions in a six-play span last week. We've seen Josh Rosen make some big boy throws. He beat Aaron Rodgers last week in Lambeau. Um, but then again, he's also struggled sometimes. We've seen Josh Allen beat Minnesota on the road, but then also, again, struggle. We've seen Lamar Jackson have some big-time throws, struggle, you know, sometimes too, and Darnold has been no different. I think for me, I think the Buffalo game in particular, I think he's going to be, I think Sam Darnold runs the risk of being a quarterback that when he gets it's too amped up. When he gets too hyped, he tries too hard. And we saw that earlier in the season as well. And what he does is he misses throws that he normally makes. And his mechanics get a little wonky. I expect the Sam Darnold that we saw in Detroit, though, which is a decisive thrower, accurate with the ball, not a pick six right off the bat. And I think that part of that is that I would hope that Jeremy Bates realizes that this this could be the last four games of his coaching career ever. Because I, I would be very surprised if anybody looks at this year and says, yeah, we need to bring Jeremy Bates onto our staff. And I hope that he uses some of the creativity that we saw with Josh McCown, where it wasn't just, you know, two-yard runs or dives or off-tackles with Isaiah Crowell on first and second down, putting Donald in a third and nine or a third and eight. It's, you know, throwing on first down. It's looking for Herndon on drag routes. It's looking for a new one in the middle of the field. It's looking for Robbie Anderson down the field, doing the things that they did. What was they did doing? Detroit. So I expect more of that Sam Darnold and less the Sam Darnold in Cleveland where he was just erratic from the beginning. Yeah, I think that's the progress you want to see. You want to see him protecting the football. You want to see him being decisive with the football while still attacking down the field and being aggressive. You don't want him to come back and be ridiculously timid uh, in trying to protect the football and not have turnovers. You want to see him still be the same player that had the positive traits that was attacking down the field against Denver, attacking down the field against Indianapolis, while being smarter with the football and not making sort of those brain fart interceptions that we saw against Miami. And he had the two really bad ones. He had the two sort of in garbage time. But the two that, you know, he kind of predetermined where he was going with the football and threw it directly to a defender. you got to hope that he avoids 
those types of situations. And he doesn't have really an easy task here. Buffalo has the second-ranked defense in DVOA. That game's on the road. You're then playing Houston, who has one of the league's best defenses on the road. You then come back and play Green Bay, and they uh, have obviously been terrible this year, so that should be one of the easier games. Then New England, you don't know what they're playing for, so we're going to see how, how that shakes out. But the first two back in particular are very challenging, particularly Houston's pass rush, no? Yeah, I mean, well, and it's interesting because if you had told me before the year that Green Bay would be the easy matchup out of the last four, I would have said that you were nuts, right? Because, again, like, this is this is kind of proof of how we just don't know anything, right? Because the Jets' three wins this year have come against Indianapolis, who is who seems like one of the better teams in the league not last week, not with standing. They beat uh, Denver, who, again, has, has been on a quiet roll, you know, over the last month with Case Keenum. And they beat Detroit, who, again, one of the more average teams in the league. But now they get Houston, who's the hottest team in the league after this game with Buffalo. So they get Buffalo, they get Houston on Saturday night against against a guy who should be getting MVP consideration into Sean Watson. So you get them. Uh, then you get Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, who, again, Aaron Rodgers didn't suddenly forget how to play quarterback. So that's still a tough matchup because Darnold's going to have to put up some points. And then I know you mentioned New England like in terms of we don't know what they're going to play for, but I think I think we if we look at the standings right now, they are tied with Houston at nine, at nine and three. They trail they trail Kansas City. Uh, Pittsburgh is also within earshot, so they're going to be playing for something. And I know that they just theoretically played New England tough during the first like during the first half, a couple, you know, the, during the last game, the matchup that they had, but this isn't shaping up to be a really good matchup. The Jets could theoretically lose these last four, get blown out, finish three and thirteen, pick second or first overall, and you know, Bulls and McCack and go packing. Uh, it's going to be interesting, man. I think the. I do think the easiest matchup is going to be this Saturday, this Sunday against the Bills, just because Josh Allen still struggles to play quarterback consistently. They have no playmakers at wide receiver. They have uh, an aging LaShawn McCoy, and they have a below-average offensive line. So while their defense is absolutely stout, I don't think they can put up enough points, and I think the Jets can put up enough points to pull it off, which would be terrible. <laughs> it's tough because, like, right, I want to see Darnold play well. You want to see the yeah. Jets' defense play well against Allen, but it's hard to find a scenario where Darnold outplays Allen substantially and the Jets lose. It would have and to be Jets sort of a weird, <laughs> fluky game, which certainly they're very capable of doing or finding a way to still lose. But Darnold playing well almost exceeds the tank in this game. Like you want Darnold to come out and not turn the football over, throw a few touchdowns, and look like he's learned from his mandated time off, which was still a ridiculous thing, but made some progress. You don't want him to go out there, get blown off the field by a division rival in Josh Allen, uh, even if it does benefit the tank over the all, overall. So it's a bit of a challenging situation for Jet fans this week. It's a little easier uh, in the following weeks, but when you're going against another rookie quarterback in the division, uh, it gets a little more challenging. And it's going to be interesting to see if and how his style of play has changed a lot. It's been a long time since it's been played. It's been over a month now. Do you expect any radical changes? Um, I think not radical changes, no, no. Because I think that he is who he is as a quarterback right now, right? Like he's going to take some chances. Uh, if Jeremy Bates calls the I, – honestly, here's the thing, Joe. I would feel very, very comfortable saying Darnold, Darnold is going to play well, right? And the Jets still lose if Josh Allen plays well, right? Like, okay, fine. You know, he doesn't play Darnold, but the Bills still win, whatever. But it comes down to what Jeremy Bates do we get because it's been this Jekyll and Hyde 
thing all year. Like he he orchestrates really good drives. Like even the pick six against Detroit on the very first play of the season was an aggressive play call, right? Like we were like, wow, look, like he's actually taking a shot with his rookie quarterback. And if we get that Jeremy Bates, then I think Darnold plays well. If we get the other Jeremy Bates that, you know, that everybody swears is being controlled by Todd Bowles, but I don't really know how accurate that is, then I think, you know, we're just going to get, you know, Cleveland Brown Darnold. But no, I think I think Jeremy Bates comes out aggressive. I think he I think he tries to you know punch Buffalo in the mouth, so to speak, get a score early on. But I I don't expect much. I don't expect much difference from Darnold himself. It depends on what offensive coordinator we get, whether it's a good Jeremy Bates or bad Jeremy Bates. I'm gonna bet more likely on bad Jeremy Bates <laughs> yeah. than what we've seen yeah. lately. But you never know. I think what will be good is that. Unlike the Chicago game, unlike the Miami game, you're going to have a healthy Quincy Inouye, a healthy Robbie yeah. Anderson. Uh, Elijah McGuire will be back. It'll be the first time that they played together this year. Still not an overall impressive supporting cast based on what we've seen this year. No Bilal Powell still. Still injuries on right. the offensive line. Uh, but it's going to be a good challenge, and we're going to see if he could finish the season strong. And that's really... You know, your incentive and your primary reason to watch here these last four games. Of course, you want to see where the draft pick ends up, but it's all about Darnold right now. You want to go into this offseason feeling good about the direction he's headed in because he, you know, he's got 14 interceptions, 11 touchdowns right now. He has a couple more ugly Miami like games. You're up near the 20 number, which you really want to stay away from as a rookie. Uh, is there any other aspects of this team away from Donald that you're particularly interested in watching over these last four games? Uh, yeah, Jamal Adams. I, I think I, I'm interested to see if Jamal Adams, uh, you know, is able to lock down an All-Pro berth. That's been the that's been the chatter lately. He should go into the Pro Bowl. I mean, I think that's going to be pretty cut and dry. But um, whether he becomes an All-Pro and an All-Pro, and I think that that's huge because I think Jamal Adams in year one. Uh, was very much, you know, I, I, I think he, I think he was very good, and he, he. He wasn't as good as a lot of people thought he wasn't as good as Marcus May, but he was asked to do a lot more. This year, this is without Marcus May, because Marcus May's played half the season. He has, he's been excellent in coverage. You just haven't been able to throw on him at all. He's been excellent in run support. He kind of reminds me a little, this year alone, he has looked like Troy Palomalu, who is a Hall of Famer. And honestly, if he plays like that, if he plays like Troy Palomalu for the rest of his career, then it's worth the pick at six. I think, I think it's a home run at six. Um, but I'm interested to see him. I'm interested to see who stakes a claim to being here next year, Joe. Because again, here we are, four. Four years later, looking up other coaches that are going to come in, and we don't know what systems they're going to run or anything like that. I think Robbie Anderson is playing for his Jet career over these next four games. I think that there's a good chance he's gone. I think Quincy Anua airing him out and calling him selfish, even though he didn't say his name. I think that's key. Jamal Adams talking about that that Todd Bowles isn't the problem, that the problem goes deeper than that. I think that lets me know that Mike McCagnan might be on the hot seat more than a lot of people think. Um, so you want to see something from his guys, right? Darren Lee. Darren Lee had a monster game last week, right? And if when he's on, he's a really good running mate to Jamal Adams. When he's not, he might as well just not show up. So I'm interested to see who actually stakes a claim to being here for the next head coach and who, you know, washes out entirely and we're, we're moving on from them in the offseason. Alright, prediction time before we wrap up. Last four games, how many games did the Jets win? How many touchdowns does Sam Darnold throw? How many turnovers does he have? And how many yards throwing per game does he average? Bold. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two and two, uh, which would finish, which would have them at five and eleven. Uh, but I still right back with the 11. sixth pick again, of course. 
Yeah, where they take a defensive lineman, where they take Quinn and Williams. No, five and eleven. The thing is, five and eleven will still, I think, still has them picking top four. Right? Just because the NFL is really weird this year, so I think five and eleven still has them picking top four. Um, I think Sam Darnold finishes with, and in this four game stretch, I think he has eleven touchdowns and one interception, uh, which I think puts him at twenty two touchdowns and fifteen picks for the year, which would have him match Jameis Winston's rookie year. Which again, if I had told you before the season he was going to match Jameis Winston's rookie year. Some people might sign up for that because Jameis Winston is a talented, I'll be a confused quarterback. Other people might be like, no, you want more than that, even though Jameis Winston was taken number one overall. But I think he finishes matching Winston's uh, touchdown and interception total. I think he averages around 260 yards a game. And I think the Jets go two and two. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a solid end to the year for him. And I think it's going to leave everybody feeling good because again, you didn't ruin the tank by winning two games because everybody else's schedule is so damn wonky anyway. So you'll still end up finishing, you know, third or fourth. But Sam Darnold gave you something to look forward to. What about you? D.O., ever the optimist. I am going to say that they finish one and three. I think they'll either beat Buffalo or they'll either beat Green Bay. They'll win one of those two games. I don't think they're going to win both, but I think they'll win one of the two. I think they'll lose pretty decisively, both to Houston and New England. I'm going to say that Darnold throws for over the last four games. I will say... Seven touchdowns, three interceptions, which puts him at 18 and 17 on the year. He also runs for one more touchdown and avoids any more fumbles and throws for about 220 yards per game. And on the whole, it is seen as a pretty good finish to the season. And there'll be one game in particular out of the four. I don't know which one it is. Let's say it's probably the Green Bay game at home where he plays particularly well and has a real nice like individual box score stat line, similar to what he did a little bit against Denver and Indy that kind of stands out from the other three. I think there'll be some good moments this week against Buffalo. I'm not sure there's not going to be without a mistake or two going against that defense, but that's basically where I think it ends up settling in overall. Um, all right, Dalbin. any final words or final sign-offs or things to look out for? Uh, yeah, so draft season returns wild card weekend with Joe Malfa and I. Uh, we finally, he's down to one semester left in college, and I have not been able to convince him to drop out and just do his podcast with me full time. So here we are. Here's, but draft season returns wild card weekend. Uh, what's your point? We'll drop on Sunday. Um, I gave you guys my dream offseason. I know Cliff Kingsbury went went to USC, but you know, hopefully John Harbaugh still becomes the coach next year, so we can have a grown up running this ship. Uh, but I would not scoff at Mike McCarthy. I would not scoff at him. Uh, just you know, for the record, I'm not caping for him, but I would not scoff at him. Uh, but go Jets, man! You know, finish the season strong. Let's go, Sam. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. Leave us a review on iTunes. Give Dalbin a follow on Twitter at DA underscore Sario. Give me a follow on Twitter at Jake Caparoso. We'll have another episode live this weekend, which will be a mailbag edition. We'll answer your questions sent over on Twitter. Thank you, everybody, for listening.